welcome back to the podcast. This is part two of a series done with my sister on human nutrition. You're going to need to listen to the first episode for this to make any sense at all. But for those of you who have, let's dive right into it. Um, anyways, I do want to talk keto. about keto. Keto, 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 keto. Could you tell the children at home what keto is if they don't yeah. know what keto so is? So keto is a high-fat, low-carb diet. Um, basically working on the principle that our body can use um, molecules called ketones um, made from fat as an energy source. Right. Um, and it has been found to have some moderate weight loss for people who get into ketosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are, like, really love it, and it's turned into its own industry. Well, allow me to dumb it down a little bit for the people. So... Essentially, keto, you eat high fat, low carb, your body goes into a state where it burns that fat away. So as where it, uses, it uses fat as its primary instead energy of, source instead of what um, your carbs would. Our bot, yeah. What okay. Most people would use carbs because um, it's really easily accessible energy for our body. It's right. what our brain runs on. Um, so instead, we're using fat. So, Correct. Um, there's a lot of great. Like, I think, of course, fat's been misrepresented. Fat Correct. does have, so, per gram, fat has nine calories, or what we would call kilocalories, um, per gram, whereas carbohydrates and protein have four. So, mm-hmm. pound for pound, fat does contribute more calories, but it also contributes more satiety. Um, so, and it, like... The food it's you're putting in your say. body doesn't just affect your weight. It affects everything in your body. Yeah. So, um, lots of, like, the reason why sometimes, like, you're feeling more full because you're eating fat, which can help you feel full. It mm-hmm. helps you feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a huge component of satisfaction in right. why we eat food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the thing about keto that I think differentiates it sometimes in some other diets is that part of it can be kind of sustainable because you can still have an element of enjoyment of your food. Right. Um, what I don't like about keto is the extremely restrictive nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I say low carb, it's very low carb. Um, it's and what are the foods that naturally are high in carbs that they can't be eating? So we're talking like grains, of course, yeah. like pasta bread, um, starches, potatoes. Yeah. Um, but we're also talking about fruit. Fruit mm-hmm. has a lot of um, sugars in it. Yeah, natural um, sugars. So, and then of course, sugar. Yeah. So you like pop, um, candy, that that kind of thing. Yeah, of sweets. course, has sugar in it. Um, so it is restrictive of fruit. Um, so and whole grains and mm-hmm. other and things that are great for our body and like plants that we should be eating that have lots of nutrients. Yeah. Um, and it does involve a lot of tr- like kind of almost obsessive tracking for some people to make sure that we're in that level because you want to reach that state of ketosis where Mm -hmm. the the magic happens if you talk to somebody (laughs) who's who's on keto. Yeah. Um, So that I do have a a problem with. And it, this, like, in terms of is this helpful for weight loss, um, it does, like, provide um, modest weight loss, but no more than if you're having on any other diet. Right. There's a lot of research of it doesn't matter what your macronutrient, so protein, carb, fat composition mm-hmm. is. If you're in a calorie deficit, if you're eating less calories and your body needs to sustain that weight, then mm-hmm. you'll lose weight. So I think it's an, 
people find it a way to create a calorie deficit. Um, yeah. But the fact that it is so restrictive, um, and of course some dangers if you're not doing it right, which I'm not qualified currently to like right. talk about, but um, and just restricting healthy foods is like something that bothers me, especially like if you're talking about kids and um, it's it's just challenging. Right. in that sense and and you you start to worry about the mental piece of being so restrictive with your eating yeah because um, people people when people think about diets they think about how restrictive it is that's where my mind goes and people who have been on multiple different diets they don't like it because how restrictive it is and they don't want to give up this food and that food right mm-hmm. but in keto you can keep some of your favorite foods that you yeah. love and still get to this point of losing weight as opposed to your mindset is is that you can have all your favorite foods but it's it's the moderation piece and it's the balance piece it is and i think um what intuitive eating shows is that when you give yourself permission to be eat all foods and any foods and you take the morality of good and bad foods out of it right um you can enjoy really enjoy the foods that you want you're not restricting the foods that you enjoy um, and then you can get to a place where you're not craving these foods because they're not forbidden. So you're allowed mm-hmm. to have it when you want to have it. Um, that healing, that, that relationship with food, um, yeah. and it actually just makes it a lot easier for you to kind of approach a healthy lifestyle and whatever that looks like for you. And even, like, I don't even like the t- It's hard to enjoy the term healthy anymore because right. it's been just totally taken by diet culture, but just... Um, it's easier once you gave yourself permissions to have all foods to then maybe work with a dietitian to make some tweaks in your lifestyle, um, ways that you can, it's important to exercise and that's like, it's not for weight loss, but just for health. Yeah. Um, like incorporating exercise into your life and, and making some changes that like involve, um, cooking meals at home and, and planning out your meals and the competent, piece of um, cooking and, and being able to prepare moods I mean foods and being able to um, look into your fridge and see what you have and, and come up with something to make like those yeah. are huge pieces so I don't know it's just it, it seems to me that like if you're somebody in a bigger body and you've sent, spent your life trying to you know alter that you have a hatred for food in general and a lot of times people who have a negative representation of exercising because they only do it for the process of losing weight as opposed to like growing up we played all the sports and we loved doing it it wasn't a a hassle or something we didn't want to do we moved our body naturally and we enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and then when you get into your adult years and like I guess you really haven't really experienced that because you've been playing volleyball but for me now being like 19 away at school those opportunities for fun in exercising is lost and you kind of have to figure out how to keep your body moving and still enjoy it. Yeah, no, that's, that's a huge thing. Um, I think we all need to reject the idea that we need to make up for any foods that we've eaten that are, we might consider bad. Of course, like I'm not here for bringing morality into food. There's no good food. There's no bad food. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no good diet, there's no bad diet. Yeah, that whole term um, is messing up your brain, right? So, but whether it be I ate 
what I deemed to be unhealthy foods yesterday, I need to make up for it by going hard at the gym. Or I need yeah. to make up for it by being really restricted the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to reject that. And because there's no way to enjoy exercise when we're using it as a punishment right, for body. Right, 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 That makes and sense. I, and, or a punishment because we don't like the way we look. Um, yeah. I think it's definitely a lot more challenge. Obviously, when you have a kid, like you said, there's more opportunities to have a joyful exercise. Mm-hmm. I think what I always say is, like, the exercise that is the best is the one that you're going to enjoy doing. Right. Not to be so naive that you're going to love it every time. There's for times sure. where, like, I don't feel like going for a walk, but... We, I've been yeah. in an office all day, and and it, it's good, and you feel better afterwards. But I think some strategies that I would recommend is just, like, almost, like, let's talk about the benefits to exercise that have nothing to do with food or weight. Right. Um, let's talk about, like, how it can boost your mood. Um, it's, like, building muscle and how that can improve your mobility, how mm-hmm. it can help you in your everyday life. Setting, setting goals like that that have nothing to do with your weight, like improving flexibility like building your cardiovascular capacity and how is that going to affect like you can take the stairs and and not be out of breath like that's important to people you can play with your kids and and keep up and enjoy it so looking into why exercise is important and also like really reflecting if you when you go for a walk and afterwards and just sit in that and say you know what how, how did that make me feel? Yeah. Like, and I'm not talking about, and like, just little things like, oh, you know what? I, I do feel a little bit better and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And maybe not everyone's going to feel that way and maybe one exercise isn't great, but yeah. finding the exercises that make you feel good, finding them that help you reach your goals that are not weight or body determined. Right. Because we, I think that we're, we can talk about this doesn't mean that we don't do it too. Right, yeah. we yeah. we both we both have Apple Watches, and I'll do a workout, and sometimes I find myself looking at how many calories I burned, and I'm like, that's not the, that's not the point, right? Yeah, I think I I've been no lucky one's perfect, and my like I was big into my watch. I had a streak. I had to do it, and it was when I looked at it. It's not like I looked at the calories and thought of them as calories. I just thought of them as like a measure of doing activity. Yeah, I didn't and work when I, as yeah, hard this day. What I, I found really, yeah. was great was coming off of somebody like in quarantine where I had a routine Mm -hmm. with playing volleyball and I enjoy being active and I had those opportunities whereas just as a motivation piece to like when I'm doing school to help myself break that up with exercise and that I think that's a huge um, part of my success in school is how active I was. Cause right. I think that that that's been very helpful to helping me be focused, mm-hmm. and just being able to do school for as many hours of the day as I had to. Yeah, you um, can almost think as exercise is a nice little break. It isn't right yeah, instead of like it. It definitely can feel like a chore, and absolutely things like Apple Watches are not great for everybody. Uh-huh. And they can be very harmful for, for some people, so it's not something that, like, I really would recommend to somebody. But yeah. if you do have it, um, there are ways that you can kind of turn it into a beneficial thing mm-hmm. rather than um, a harmful thing. Yeah, I think there's also the idea that some workouts or some exercises are better for you than the other, right? We talk about, let's just say, walking versus running. When you go for a walk, 
you may not feel like you worked as hard as you did when you were running, so it's not as justified when that kind of mindset is, can be harmful, right? Yeah, and if I'm not, here's, like, running's a great example, because I am not, will never be a runner. <laughs> yeah, none of us are runners. <laughs> um, it's never been enjoyable for me. Yeah. I just get people telling me all the time that I have to just start do a program with it, that I haven't put given a, a good chance. enough effort for yeah. it. And being an athlete, I just, for, like, never really had to face it that much because yeah. of the sports that I played. Right. You're a volleyball player. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not, like, it's more about, if it is conditioning, it's about being able to move quickly. Yeah, it's quick spurts. Yeah. Rather than long distance. Not to say you don't need to have, like, good conditioning, but there's other ways to develop conditioning if for sure. running isn't for your you. Your exercise has been tailored for your sport. Yeah. So, yeah. I hate running and there's not going to be a time in my life where I'm going to turn to it for an exercise because yeah. if there was it would be right now I'm like yeah so challenging right now for everyone to mm-hmm. stay active with right. everything closed like this would be the time where I would take it up um so it's not for everybody I like I some people I don't know if the science is behind this it's not my area but I think some people take it on a lot easier than others for um, sure and that's and me. your asthma yeah <laughs> That's me coming at you from, like, a muscular athletic build. Yeah. Um, who's somebody who has a decent aerobic capacity and who yeah. does other cardio training activities. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you should force yourself into doing any activity that is not enjoyable for you because it's, like, so much better to get in a routine of something that you enjoy. Yeah. Like a walk maybe three to five times a week for 30 minutes at a time rather than go for a run once a week, and yeah. then hate it, dread it all week, and end up doing nothing. Right, because I, you define what you like. It's like the idea, like, you like walking, whatever. I also hate running. Never going to like it. Mm-hmm. But I find things, like, I grew up as a dancer, so I love doing dance workouts and Zumba. There's so many things that we don't even look at as exercising that can be beneficial for us by just moving your body, right? Yeah. And I think that is something for me thankfully not really having like negative effects of the watch but I think that goes to show how everyday things can help you to get some exercise mm-hmm. in like this time of year doing gardening that's like a very valid exercise yeah. mowing the lawn mom mowing just did lawn, it right <laughs> yeah like moving a bag of soil from the your truck to the backyard right. like that is exercise for like, sure that's definitely acceptable like accepted exercise it's just all about moving your body and like I think very like what some some of the things that we would recommend for somebody who is having a hard time introducing exercise in into their life which could be people who are really busy people who have kids right and your your routines are hard to break right people get into routines um it's just like it's things like parking a little bit further away and walking or walking to work if you can or Taking, um, the taking the stairs, like those are such like minor things, but yeah. it, when you really start to open up and thinking about it, we live in a world where we don't need to be active to do what we do every day. I sit, right. I sit in a desk every day, so, um, just I don't know, being open to, oh yeah, I'd love like I'll help you garden because I'd love to just get off the couch and and do something. Right. And that right now I think. It's it's really challenging to be active for a lot of people, and it's nobody's fault. It's the with Absolutely. these restrictions. We're, yeah, we're almost into because we're taking away 
your opportunities. Seventy five percent of people's ways of being active and yeah. when you're I can definitely speak to when your routine is being disrupted of what you love to do to be active or what works for you mm-hmm. you don't want to make it work you have to you're tired of changing it up we've been doing this on and off for over a year so yeah we've tried things like I, I've done body weight workouts yeah. like and I'm like I just want to get back to my weights and like I feel like I'm losing muscle and it as a mm-hmm. as a woman it's really hard to build muscle for sure so I put all this work into it I want to keep it it's uh, like I love being strong. Yeah. Um, that, like, I want to continue to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's a huge part of, like, my exercise piece. Well, especially and when you're volleyball, like, you play varsity university volleyball, that's almost like a, I kind of look at it as a part-time job for you. Like, yeah, full you, time. Full, full-time <laughs> job, like, like, that, you have kind of a responsibility to be in, to be the best you can be to play that sport. Like, someone's paying you to play that sport, right? Yeah. So you have to be like that. And when you find yourself in this quarantine, like, you have lost all your opportunities and you still need to stay in the shape that you're in. It's it's scary. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I, like, I guess in the spot that I'm in right now, it's kind of a limbo because I don't know if I'll continue to play or not or if I'll have that be able to. Um, But just for life, one of the things, one of my fitness goals is to just be strong and it's really important to me to, like, I do love being in a muscular body. Right. And it's, that's not, like, an easy thing to do as a woman, being, having strong arms, like, having large, like, you compare yourself to, like, men at that point being, like, okay, this is kind of awkward, like, you don't want men who are insecure to think that you are too big or For something sure. like that. Not For that sure. I'm, fuck, like, not that I'm huge, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, it's being as strong is important to me absolutely. and it, it takes time to get there to really accept that that's what my body looks like mm-hmm. and that I'm okay with my arms getting bigger if that's what happens. But real life things like I moved me, like my mom is in, like is very strong as well. We were able to move my whole room, my whole living room to a new house and we had no troubles. We p- had a three hundred pound ikea wardrobe yeah that we got went into somebody's house masks of course <laughs> COVID safe like, moved it out of a room tilted it over upstairs just the two of us and up and into a back of a truck and yeah. that's like so important to me and not that really goes to show like I, that's why i love being a being a, capable of doing those things yeah and the body that i'm in whether i have a bad day of not wanting to look like this mm-hmm. like it allows me to do that so right. going back to Megan Boggs she is her like thank you body yeah you like doing a workout like look at what my body can do like thank you body for allowing me to do what I can do and I think yeah. that is such an important message for anyone and anybody um to just appreciate things that our bodies do for us even if it's not exercise related. Right. Um, and let's like take some of the emphasis off of just the way that it looks. Exactly. And I think we, we talk about like your own personal insecurities as someone may look, if I look at you directly, right. You have, I don't see your insecurities the way that you do. Right. You can look at anybody and every single person, no matter who you are, has their own insecurities. Mm -hmm. And what we find both of us were tall people. We got the wide shoulders Mm -hmm. 
We have big traps. Big traps. You know, you have all that things. And it's so easy to pick out the insecurities on things you worked your ass off for, right? Mm -hmm. You worked your ass off to get into this shape and you still look in the mirror and you're like, I'm questionable about the way I look, even though I chose to make it this way, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. I think that's a huge thing for female athletes. And I think um, my uh, teammate talked about this and she did like a piece for OUAA Mm -hmm. um, talking about how as a woman and as an athlete, your body is supposed to be in a certain shape to be fit, but then there's so many expectations on your body and the way that you look Mm -hmm. and um, just the challenges of that. And we don't look at men in that same way as an athlete. Um, But it it is such like an important conversation. Yeah, because I think that the desired body for men is a muscular type a lot of times we see like praised for that being having the six pack the biceps that's praised but for a woman that sort of praised body isn't necessarily a muscular body well it's 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 not a real body the to be fair no for sure for sure you think if everyone like pictured what the ideal woman's body is it's completely ridiculous it's exactly you small waist Mm -hmm. must you want some muscle only in the lower body. Yeah. Only to build glutes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, people talk about, oh, build your chest up so that your your boobs are perkier. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, I don't want to pick and choose where I'm strong and where my muscle is. I want to be can't... well-rounded in yeah. my, like, a fitness. Yeah, and I think that, like, right now, in the way that we're moving and this acceptance is... I think about it is we're okay with women having fat on their body as long as it's in desirable right areas, places, yeah. right? Nobody has a problem if, you know, your your fat is naturally in the desired parts of your body, yeah. right? And then if you're somebody who, like, I could be the same weight as somebody. They oh, store their body different, yeah. right? Yeah. And they are more desirable than another person. And it's like, you you're never, it's the feeling of you're never going to be enough. Well, for that body. I don't, I don't even think, like what we were talking about before, you look at somebody and you think that their body's great and how could they be insecure about it? There's not a woman on this planet that's not insecure about their body in for some sure. way. Like I can, and like in terms of body positivity, loving your body isn't necessarily the goal. It's to not focus on it. And, and even that's the problem. The problem that I have is mm-hmm. like, like 50% of the time I love my body and not to say that I hate it other times but it's like it's more about not focusing on it than it is to to fully love it because it's just not possible but like anyone you look at in in what you think is the perfect body they probably have their own insecurities absolutely um but I do think that it's the it's important that we all look inwards I think that another conversation that we could have is how our own insecurities about what we look like affect the people that other people and bodies that that we that people don't want to look like that is yeah. a huge that is a yeah. huge thing and and that's where we get so many backhanded compliments um and so many problems uh arising from that is and and just for people who are putting a lot of uh, effort into maybe some restrictive eating to be mm-hmm. at in the body that they are, um, they want to feel like that's worth it and that um, there is some like sort of superiority yeah, to, to the, that body to justify what 
you have to go through to maintain something. For like sure, that. I think that w- the reason why we're we're so fired up all the times is is we just experience something like that, and I experience it all the time. Is people come up to me like, "You look so good, right? You did you lose weight? You look so good." And it's like, "Wow." That yeah. why are we complimenting weight loss? Yeah. So to talk about what just happened is let's my grandfather. Um, you can imagine, uh, how he has opinions on some things, and, I don't know, a lot of people are, my mom is kind of like, oh, let's just let, let's just let him go, that's who he is, but Mm -hmm. it's not really something that I want to be associated with, Mm -hmm. um, somebody who is family, who, like, I'm, I'm going to, um, interrupt, I'm going to challenge at any point, because I think that's the only way that change happens, is Mm -hmm. if, and this is obviously something that I'm passionate about, and it's something that I'm willing to get into a conversation with, because I feel like I have a lot of knowledge behind it, but, right. like, there is no benefit to complimenting weight loss. Um, I, we know that. People have talked about it on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's very harmful. Um, it confirms so... It's rooted in, in weight-biased principles, but mm-hmm. you're just telling somebody... Um, that they look better when they are smaller. Mm-hmm. They're t- you're telling somebody that if they were to gain the weight back, then y- you would think they wouldn't look as good. Yeah. Um, you're kind. You're just confirming, um, essentially, this person's worst nightmare is that they are more valuable um, with less weight. Right. And so what happened was is um, my grandfather was commenting on somebody in my family who had recently lost weight. And it's just like well, as long as let's not compliment the weight loss. Um, and, and, and not that I need to explain I, everything to, but yeah, let's I understand not comment pe- on people's weight. Yeah, I understand. I don't understand it. But from people may not be coming at it, I'm not defending him at all, but people may be coming at it as in this person or a family, put the work in, right? There's one thing to, to, you know, they're moving themselves, they have a better understanding of themselves, they feel better, they put in the work, they're exercising. I think that's what we can praise, not necessarily about their body is, oh, you did a, you, like, you know, we see it on our watches, like, you did a walk today? That's amazing. Yeah. Way I, to move your body. I think, though, what we don't... But that's not what they're confirming. Yeah, but what we don't want to miss out on is we don't know how somebody got there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do know that they're what they're eating different, making changes and exercising more, but we don't know mentally the kind of toll that that's had on them and and what's going on there. So I think it's just, it's okay to comment on if somebody is, is happy. It's okay to, you know what I mean? There's so many things that you can love and comment on about somebody that won't change. Um, if before the weight loss, during the weight loss, after the weight loss, and if they gain the weight back. Yeah, that, that's completely confirming what we talked about earlier in diet culture, right? How every single time someone goes through this diet thing, they're complimented, they're praised, they go back. Their self-esteem is just falling down a cliff. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's so many problems and, and, with it. And, and that's... And, oh. and, and it's, to a certain extent, that is... Um, this is, like, a newer thing to be talked about, and people were like, oh, well, what, it's a huge compliment. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's really easy to, if somebody tells you, um, why it's a problem, and that it's a problem to just accept that maybe you were in the wrong in some things, and it's hard for 
someone like their grandpa to do that. Yeah, privileged um, people. And so, but I think as somebody who's younger or somebody, like, listening to this, it's just, it's easy to make that change in your life where it's just don't compliment weight loss. Right, just, and like, we, we... Don't comment on weight gain. Don't Just don't comment on people's weight. Yeah. No, and I think that that even... We're, this is not talking about nutrition or whatever, but that's something that we've talked about before is we're very opinionated people, and the reason why I think you're so opinionated is you know what the fuck you're talking about, right? If you're you're going to step in and give your opinion, but you're really going to step in and give your opinion if what the person is saying is wrong and you have the evidence to prove so. Yeah. Like, we'll get in arguments, me and you, and you'll just go, where's, where's the proof? Where's the science? And I'm like... That's honestly true, Allie. I don't necessarily know the truth in that, but people talk out of their ass, and that makes you angry, and me angry. That makes me very angry, because mm-hmm. I, well, I, I don't, and, like, I think it's important if you're having a discussion with somebody to stay true to what you have researched and what you know and just, just the way that you, I think that's just from being at university, mm-hmm. um, just be clear about where you're getting what you're saying, and if what you're saying is backed by science or if it's just an opinion or if it's um like just something you read like I'm very like oh like if I'm not having an argument I'm just having a conversation to say like oh I heard in this and I'm not sure how reputable that source is Mm -hmm. but I've heard this like I'd love to like look into that more um but I do have a problem with people who just like to argue a lot of times it's people who like to argue just to make people angry they love getting a kick out of somebody absolutely um, and that is really frustrating to me, um, cause it's just like, that's not, that's not a discussion. That's not an argument. That's just you trying to stir up feelings. And mm-hmm. it's, it's people talking about topics that are hypothetical to them. For sure. Um, when it's actually Absolutely. people's lives. Yeah. So that's why I get so upset about it coming from like old white men is like, this is all hypothetical to you. But it's important to me, and it's even more important to the people who are experiencing it. So, mm-hmm. I just get frustrated the way that they so like in such a trivial way. It rolls off their tongue like such a, yeah, yeah. And you're bullshit like, about such like important topics. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I guess that that that's in almost everything that we talk about, but specifically with your nutrition and everything that you do. I think that the the struggle is that. The education out there isn't great. Like, what we learned in school, even in elementary school, there was no education behind that. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that coming from inside your home, and you don't have access to a dietitian like you, you can kind of fall down that rabbit hole of of not understanding and and not having that knowledge. It is so easy. And I'm not immune to it. Like, it's, I've definitely, like you see ads it's everywhere and like I've definitely like I'm not perfect I'm not perfect now I definitely wasn't perfect um before I went into this university program and there Mm -hmm. is still not enough education even in nutrition programs to talk about um this and I think there definitely needs to be some updates to the curriculum because so much of this is just because it's so that it's a lot of reading um, that I do on my own right. to complement what I do in school because right. it's really important for me to be eventually as helpful as I possibly can with the most up-to-date information. And knowledgeable and, what you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. to, as much as I possibly can, like, avoid any harm to any patients that I have, 
um, in the future. But it's just, we are so, like, bombarded by all of this media and all of these diets. And there's an ad of just, like, a shirtless man yep. who's, com- like, just shredded talking about how you're not eating for your body type. And it's just, like, it's hard to know what's all bullshit. It's um, so hard to find the right path. And right? I think that the only only thing that you can do is to just reject it all. Um because it's just it is people preying on like the insecurities that they that the industry has created mm-hmm. and if you do have questions I know there's two really great dietitians both named Abby from Toronto Abby Langer I really like her she's on Instagram she's on Twitter I think she's on TikTok she will like actively goes around to ask her followers what is what's going on around right now, what are the fads right now, and then mm-hmm. she'll look into it. So she's she signed up for Noom, and she has a full review on yeah. that and anything else that you might be interested in. Um, and then Abby Langer, no, Abby Sharp. I was going to say you just said <laughs> Abby Sharp has a YouTube channel and a blog and everything, but she has a YouTube channel where she does reviews of, of celebrity diets and stuff like that, so she does a really good job because it is very challenging to do that. Um, so... Both of them are great. And then I would also recommend Abby Langer. And I mean that this time. Yeah. She has a book. <laughs> it's called uh, Good Food, Bad Diet. Right. Um, and it's just talking. It's, it's I, I really think it's excellent. It talks about some of the influences that diet culture has on us. It talks about taking, like, an anti-diet approach. But it also talks about um, how, it like, it's okay if you want, um, if you're, like, She's not opposed to people wanting to lose weight, yeah. Um, but she talks about doing it for yourself, um, making lifestyle changes, and kind of like it, it's just it's just a really great educational mm-hmm. book, and I think that I've taken a lot of inspiration from. Of you go through all of this um, thinking about intuitive eating, and and of course, like I'm definitely the person who doesn't want to focus on weight at all, but there people do want to lose weight so yeah um I think it's important to be able to learn how to support people in that journey if that's what they choose yeah um so I think she does a really good job at at going through that topic so it's yeah good food bad diet that is like such an approachable book for anybody mm-hmm. with regardless of you don't need to have any nutrition knowledge because yeah, it so. can seem very over- overwhelming mm-hmm. right so that sounds like a nice book to be able to kind of understand it and kind of sort through all the bullshit and figure out what it is. Yeah. Other than like seeing a dietitian, like I, that's like, that's basically, um, what she's created based on all of her experience with patients. So that's a really important starting point, I think, for people to kind of realize how diet culture has affected them and maybe have a start into how you can approach something in a like healthy way. Yeah, I think the re- the reason why I wanted to do this this podcast is specifically when when people ask me what my mother does and I say they're she's a dietitian, the first thing they say is, "Oh, she must be so healthy and so restrictive and that must have been tough for you." When it's really genuinely op- the opposite. Mm-hmm. And there's such this misconception about dietitians where you think that you go to a dietitian, they're going to give you this restrictive way of eating and tell you you can't have this, you can't have that, when really that's just your misconception of diet culture, and they're trying to get you out of that. I guess yeah. it depends on the dietitian. It but. depends on the dietitian, but I think that's very much what's 
going on now, and that's very much what I intend to do right. in the future. Um, but at the, the bottom line of it is that dietitians are supposed to be people who are dealing with the up, most up-to-date research and able to um, just, it's knowledge communication, and they're mm-hmm. able to take an individualized approach to what will work for you. Um, and I think that maybe in the past, maybe 20, 30 years ago, um, the research that we had was different, and, and that's kind of how intuitive eating was, was born. Right. Um, but right now, I think that, and, like, seeing a dietitian is, like, a really good step for anybody um, who just wants to, like, heal their relationship with food. And that's in addition yeah. to maybe um, any, like, social worker, any team that you might um, might support yeah. your, your best treatment plan. But um, I think right now, and it's not a one-size-fits-all for dietitians. Like, everyone right. has their own... Like, not every dietitian is going to be great. I wish that I could say they were. For sure. um, But, yeah. It it can be difficult because in Canada and the universal health care that we have may not include services like yours or our mother's, right? So there's almost a kind of barrier there for those people who want to approach that but maybe can't afford to do it. Yeah, and that is something that I saw a lot in my thesis um, and really feeling like dietitians are very behind in the advocacy for specifically employee health benefits coverage for private practice dietitians because there is this misconception that there's dietitians who are available in all hospitals and our mother does work at a hospital, so there are dietitians in hospital, but Mm -hmm. just not as accessible to every single person. And I do believe that dietitians should be a part of so many different components and, like, of so many people's, like, treatment for whatever. So I don't think they're as available as they should be. And there's not as much coverage um, from the individual person. Like, it's getting better, but we do really need um, employers and unions to pick packages that include dietitians. Right. It's come down to that insurance companies are offering these packages, but when they're deciding which um, benefits package to choose, that people just aren't seeing at so many different levels the value of dietitians. Right. Um, So that's definitely a big piece that, like, organizations like Dietitians of Canada, um, a member organization of dietitians, need to advocate for is just for individuals, for uh, organizations, um, and to just see the value of dietitians and how they can help like, in all aspects, they can help save money. There's research that they can help save money in the healthcare field. Like right, so really if you're... important. Because if you're somebody who's doing these fad diets, you can spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on those services instead of going directly to a dietitian. Why do you think that is? Um, I think we are led to believe the myth that there's a quick fix. And I think that the advertising departments of a lot of these fad diet programs are excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, in essence, um, sometimes uh, people who have been made insecure about their bodies and about their weight are in a vulnerable position mm-hmm. that is being taken advantage of right. by um, these companies. And I do think that there's a lack of awareness of dietitians and misunderstanding about who they are and what they offer and mm-hmm. then a lack of accessibility to their services for people who can't afford to to pay the money because it's not like 
dietitians might charge um, 80 to $125 an hour or more, depending on their experience as a private practice dietitian. Um, and that is a reflection of years of education and different um, money you have to spend to belong to a college, to run a website, and a lot of different things. And it, that can be a barrier for some people. And right. it's not because it's not what dietitians are worth. Um, but it's just something that I hope one day is covered by benefits and mm-hmm. covered by OHIP Plus. And, yeah, for sure. Um, like, essentially, like, dietitians are so important and can save money for our healthcare system. And, and it's just, it's it's crazy to me that there aren't more dietitians available in in hospitals and, and family care teams and just available for people. And I wish people understood more um, the value of dietitians and how they can help people even, like, in, in any area, um, whether they want to lose weight, whether they're trying to work through something, um, have type 2 diabetes, whatever. Yeah. Just even um, you or I or anyone, like... I think they're just such an important part of so many treatments. Right. No, no, I definitely, it's it's clear you have a passion for it, and it's lovely that, you know, you you and people like you in our generation hopefully can move make those step forwards and expand that for people, and, you know, be, it's like you're fighting against the advertising agencies right now, right? So I think we're moving towards that, and that's why I wanted to do this podcast, to just kind of talk about the major things that both of us see in our lives and how that affects everybody um but i really appreciate you joining me ali and thank you so much it was absolutely lovely time to be with my sister on the podcast thanks for having me sis. oh absolutely lovely and maybe if we get enough questions we'll do another one sometime yeah please right. please put in your questions what are you not understanding about this episode yeah, throw me what some... would you like us to expand on? we would love to do a second one all right say say goodbye to people bye everyone bye